Welcome back, everybody. This is the Ice House Fit Podcast. I'm Coach Jeremy. And I'm Coach Mo. Bringing all the fitness, nutrition, mindset, and recovery ideas and tips and tricks into your ears via a podcast. We're in podcast land today. Yeah. I'm excited. The thing that we're talking about today doesn't necessarily fall into one of the four pillars. It encompasses all four of them in ways that we can normalize change for ourselves in the world. Yeah. We're going to talk about normalizing the weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is it, I, I always forget the name of this movie, but there's like a point where they're going to talk about the weird and they're like, they're not ready yet. And I'm like, well, we're here now. We're doing it. <laughs> yeah. um, so something that we've noticed and we've talked about it like on the fringe jeremy and mm -hmm. i took a deep dive into our feelings um i started about two years ago you started about a year ago mm -hmm. year and a half ago time doesn't mean anything to me it could have been two weeks ago i don't know uh <laughs> it's still a journey so <laughs> i know it's been at least 10 months because i graduated two weeks ago um but in that deep dive uh into the unknown uh it's not a normal thing, and especially for a gym. Um, mm -hmm. It's interesting. A gym does this for people without talking about it, and we are bringing intention to it. Mm -hmm. We're bringing intention to uh, sharing the shadows, um, talking about your stories, um, talking about the fact that you do indeed have feelings. You do indeed have energy. Um, one of my favorite quotes and I only know this, we're in the Tellwell studio and uh, Max wants to put it somewhere around here, but it's uh, be mindful of the energy you bring into a space. Mm -hmm. And so many people are not mindful of that energy. Um, we were just talking about this before uh, we hit go about how one person's energy can change the room for the before, good or for the bad. Before anything even starts. Before anything is said, mm -hmm. before any words are shared. Uh, a person can walk in having the best day on the planet earth and you can just feel it. Mm -hmm. You're like, what is going on? <laughs> and conversely, you could be having the worst day and you could be dampening their best day. Their best day. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting, like thinking back to corporate lifestyles and meetings and things like that. Like I know people that are listening likely have had some experiences where everybody comes in, a team comes in and... They're, they're ready to have the meeting. Everybody's ready to have some productivity. Uh, somebody comes in late and they come in just like a bat out of hell. Like and frazzled. Yeah. yeah frazzled, uh, rushed. Everything seems like it's on fire. Everything is terrible. We can't do any of those things because X, Y, and Z. Um, bringing up old past wounds and traumas yeah. of the team. Yep. Um, and it turns something that could have been very good and productive into a spiral for the whole team. And it tanks productivity overall. Yeah, definitely. Like there's very interesting, if you, if you get into the productivity space specifically, you can see so much talk about things like this, mm -hmm. of like intention of a meeting, um, just attitudes going in and talking about what we talk a lot about is even the breathing. Yeah. Like being the person, normalizing being the weirdo person that while everybody's starting to like clench up their hands 
you can feel everybody's buttholes puckering up. I, was like, like, I thought you were going there first. And yeah. I was like, hands, okay, okay. <laughs> started there and then we moved into it. But like you can just feel the yeah. collective puckering yeah. happening of everybody. Yep. Be daring enough to be the person that just sits back in your chair. And see what happens to everybody else. It's wild and it's fun. Yeah. And uh, so a little background to the mindset piece at Ice House. Um, this is something that uh, is pretty awesome. So I took a deep dive into a, a organization called Training Camp for the Soul. And in Training Camp, it is a lot of uh, meeting your inner kid. Um, I like to call it my inner unicorn because um, <laughs> my little kid was awesome. And um, meeting that and healing some things that happened in childhood and uh fully believe that uh, a lot of psychology on this you can human lab if you want the mm -hmm. data version of this uh does i think two to three podcasts on it now okay. about um inner child work and trauma that happened in childhood and just so we can be kind of on the same page for this conversation uh there's big t and little t trauma Big T trauma is the things you think about, the car accident, the assault, the um, things that make me shut the TV off at night. Little T trauma is a need that wasn't met during childhood. And um, in that, that sponge era of zero to seven um, is where you absorbed almost all of your beliefs about life. Mm -hmm. And by almost, I mean all of your beliefs about life were absorbed from zero to seven. And... This is not to demonize anybody. Everybody was doing the best they could with what they had, right? And you still picked up stuff. And that stuff creates your reality. So the the version that I learned was to reconnect with your little kid and help reparent yourself. And in that reparenting, um, allowing, like pulling the weeds of your limiting beliefs. And everyone has limiting beliefs. They show up in different ways. Um, some people have deeper wounding than others, um, but we all have this stuff. We all have weeds in our garden. Mm -hmm. um, this was something that I'm like, everyone, like I was ready to shout it from the rooftops. And I was like, how do I do this in a gym setting? How do I <laughs> be like, hey, anybody want a healing seat and deep dive into finding your little kid? <laughs> yeah. Or it's like the language pieces of it. And, oh using a lot of negations today yeah go find a language coach right right and so um i decided to extend that journey um ashley my wife went through the same journey um which was so beautiful because it allowed us common language and it allowed us common uh insight into uh, our relationship and after she graduated um it's a full 90 day program. I continued with them for another 10 months of uh, learning the tools, deep diving in, uh, all kinds of fun. I'm going to use the word fun. I think that, uh, this type of healing work, this type of, uh, language work, it can get a bad rap. It can be like, Ooh, you got to meet your inner demons. Yeah. <laughs> you have to just deep dive and cry for six months. That will happen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, I don't think what's the, the other side is talked about enough. Well, to throw it into the, the language, you talked about it with demons, but, you know, 
people viewing it as the hard and difficult work. Like yeah. I find that for myself of like, I know that it's going to, it's going to be challenging. Yep. And we have a game that we play pop problem versus opportunity. Yep. If I'm viewing it as a problem, I'm going to have a bad time. Yep. If I view it as an opportunity, things tend to look a little bit different. Yeah. And it becomes a little easier to get into it. Absolutely. And once you've taken the first step and you know the feeling that's on the other side, it is so much easier to see it as an opportunity. Mm -hmm. Because the feeling on the other side is like nothing I could ever describe in the joyous awesomeness. And so this was really cool. So we did this. And then I started uh, into mastery. And then I remember uh, you hopped into a, a separate program mm -hmm. called Unlifted. Uh, they've actually spawned from the same program. And uh, so what was really amazing in, in um, is it like ni 90 days for Inlifted 2? Um, nine weeks. Nine weeks. Okay. Uh, I can't do that in days. Nine weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and you came out of that ready to run. Also mm -hmm. ready to scream it from the rooftops and mm -hmm. ready to run. And so it was this fun, like, okay, I know how to meet your inner kid. You know how to meet the words. How do we make this work? <laughs> and you were like, I don't give a shit what you're doing. I'm doing this. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, cool, cool. We'll get there. <laughs> uh, but it was so fun to watch um, and to see your speed of like, oh, this rocked my world let's bring this to other people. Mm -hmm. And by rock to your world, I mean like, like, yes, like what you said, there's the like, yes, you have to write the story, mm -hmm. right? Yes, there is the, we just talked about today in our staff meeting, the unconscious uncom incompetence, the like, you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. And then you know it. And then there's the opportunity to, to make a difference. And I think in the coaching world, we have this um, already like, want to improve ourselves and want to share that with others, that service piece of it, to then like sit with you and brainstorm a way we could create a gym that does all of that. We could create a place where people could, uh, people can and do become fitter and become physically um, stronger humans. What we were doing unconsciously is when you work on your physical, there is a mental component to it. There is an aspect of uh, greater confidence. There is an aspect of like, oh, I can do hard things. Mm -hmm. And we've spoken about it before, that lasts until the limiting belief creeps back in. Right? For some people, they take it and they run with it. I would say that's the top 3 to 4% of people. They're the people that are already... They came to us with an already an experience of doing that, yeah. I would argue, is that they're the type of people who are like, yeah, I was a, I've, I've worked out consistently for since I was 12 and, or like there might be peaks and valleys and dips and things like that. I'm just looking for something different. Um, and they just kind of keep coasting along. They're also the people that I would, uh, there is a version of that person who is working out for the wrong reason. Yes. Right? Absolutely. And this was something that blew my mind personally, side tangent. Uh, 
throughout all of this work, I heard one of my mentors say, uh, there comes a point in life where uh, some people that are really good at athletics choose sport as their choice of buffer. Mm-hmm. There is no difference between choosing sport and choosing alcohol. It's just how society looks at it. Mm-hmm. Or chronic exercise, even if it's not a sport, chronic, chronic exercise. exercise. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I definitely use basketball as a buffer. Been there, done that. Yeah. Yeah. That was so mind blowing. I was like, oh yeah, society sees that as like, we'll pay you $18 million. Mm -hmm. And the person that uh, only knows alcohol, we demonize you and and crush you. And that was really fascinating to be like, "Mm, that is 100% the same in several cases, I would argue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so back to normalizing. We wanted to continue to build on this and continue to create a space where we can have those conversations. We can come in and say like, man, I'm just not having an off day. And we started this with readiness boards, mm-hmm. right? Because it is uh, the challenge that we face is, hey, I want you to talk about your feelings. <laughs> and somebody's like, I haven't talked about my feelings for my whole life. What's those? (laughs) I don't have those. We shove those down. Mm -hmm. We're not going to go. This is, this is a physical realm. We're not going there. Yeah. Why would I want to do that? Mm -hmm. And to get to the point where we can normalize thriving, we have to look at those. And that's a, I really love that word. And I also think that that is a, it's a word that, I've been seeing get used a lot more this idea of thriving Mm -hmm. i would challenge that most of us don't even know what that looks like agreed 100 percent. and that's the hard part with it unicorn yeah right it's um you know to use very flowery language it's transcending beyond those limiting beliefs and allowing yourself to fully step into the person that you're meant to become and doing the things that you're meant to do yeah that actually leave you feeling fulfilled leave you feeling uh safe and secure and supported and that you're making a difference in the areas that matter most to you and it's it doesn't have to be this grandiose flip your whole life upside down shift Mm -hmm. from the outside it does from the inside Mm -hmm. and It was interesting upon uh, graduating and continuing to do the work. They asked us for a reflection. And I said, it's interesting because if you look at my life on the outside, nothing has really shifted. The way I show up in meetings, you know, the way I show up in uh, at times has changed drastically. Mm -hmm. However, if you look at we're still in the same house, we're still in the same town, still in the same business. Nothing like uh, there are people who do the work and, you know, flip their whole whole lives upside down, mm-hmm. right? Move cities, change jobs, go online. Start living in their cars. Yeah. Like all relationships have been severed, divorced, like mm-hmm. just running free, right? Quote, unquote. Um, and it can be the smallest of small changes. And, and, and you, the way I see what we're doing is drastically night and day different than the way I saw what we were doing about six months ago. Mm -hmm. And there was a time, this has been like the hardest, if we're just being 
totally honest, this has been the hardest three years of my life, two years of my life, two and a half years. From uh, buying out a business in COVID mm-hmm. <laughs> to wanting to change how fitness is done in Fargo uh, to taking steps towards that mm-hmm. uh, and also doing the deep work. And in that, there were times where it was like, not today. <laughs> you know, like... It's ready to uh, burn it all down, start over. Yeah. I remember leaving and uh, one of the staff was like, if it burns down, do we call you? And I was like, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and wait 20 minutes till you call the ambulance or the fire department. <laughs> Just give it a good head start. And it's interesting now to wake up uh, with nothing but pure excitement to do what we do. I have woken up so excited to do what we do for the last three months. Like, and that's at, I believe my alarm goes off at 420. I don't know what time your alarm goes off. Probably like 345. Um, it's set for 415, but I'm usually oh. up at 345. Nice. <laughs> nice. Since you wake up before it. Mine's at 420 and I wake up at 420. <laughs> oh. If I set an alarm, I'm always going to wake up 15 minutes early. That's beautiful. So I could set it for any time. Wild. It's like the internal clock is there. Just dialed? Yep. That's impressive. Because I'll do it even on the weekends where where I don't set an alarm. Yeah. I'll still wake up at that 345. I'll still wake up at 420, but at 420. I'll wake up. Do I get out of bed? No. That's a different different scenario. Yeah. Some days it's yes and no. Um, Those are all amazing, amazing uh, pieces from your journey of seeing those pieces and aspects and taking the steps. Mm -hmm. One of the things you you mentioned this of like being able to normalize it, normalize thriving, normalizing, taking the journey. Mm -hmm. Like there tends to be some sort of um, maybe shame or like it's almost like people feel the need to hide and maybe i'm speaking this more so from uh the male perspective the midwestern male of like especially like you get caught in the like barnes and noble self-help section you're like you gotta like (laughs) smuggle that book out like you're buying porn like i've seen guys more proudly go into an adult bookstore coming out and like waving what they have versus like Oh, I'm reading some Byron Katie here. Like, <laughs> Brene Brown, what? Who, yeah, yeah. Who, who's that? <laughs> Never heard of her. Or there's there's um there's the other side of it too that I see is the um kind of the braggadocious, like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm reading Brene Brown. Yeah. And like I quoted the cutback cover and like I'm willing to put the external act that I'm doing some self development without actually doing the work. Yep. Um and so I see those types of patterns often, or I see the type of person who gets on the journey, does the work, works on themselves, and then they feel really isolated and alone in their community. Yeah. And they are looking for that flip. Yep. Or they're looking to completely flip the table up, and they're like, well, it's it's Fargo. Fargo is just not a place with people who who do these types of things, so I'm just going to remove myself. I think that's the thing we've heard the most. Yeah. Like you're trying to do this in Fargo. Yeah. You're not in Austin, Texas. You're not in Portland. You're trying to do this in Fargo. It's like, well, there's a dime a dozen of those. I've thought about that a lot from like, for myself growing up, 
in like my political leanings and things like that, feeling like an island to my own. Yeah. Of like, um, I've had friends in other areas. They're like, you just need to leave. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. And if I leave, then there's there's nobody. If not, that has a has a yeah. yeah. If 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 I leave, then there's really nobody with a counter argument. Yeah. And what does that do? Yep. Or counter um, idea. Yeah, just a different way, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's looking at ways in especially health and wellness, not even specifically fitness, because you can get fitness anywhere, folks. You it's can. Gonna, like, you can go to anytime. a YMCA, YMCA <laughs> and anytime, uh, any of the big Outside box. your house. Yep. You can go anywhere. Yeah. There's millions of free workouts on the, on the internet that you can follow and get great results from. Mm-hmm. Yep. What we're looking at and what we're talking a lot about is in additional skill acquisition, lifestyle changes, um, really, really changing everything beyond the fitness side of things. Fitness only gets you so far. Mm-hmm. And I've been there 100%. Yeah. Um, I've talked about this before, but I've gone to that point of work out 5.30 in the morning, 5 p.m., two days, five to six days a week. And just like you said, that that was another buffering strategy. Yeah, I need to completely exhaust myself so my brain will shut up. Yes. Yep. And you can also do that by just breathing. You can. And saves you a lot of time. Saves you a lot. (laughs) Saves you a lot of time. A lot of effort. Um, you're a lot less tired. I'll just say that. Yeah. Um, You want to do other things. Yeah. It's that uncomfortability with stillness that we all have. And like, that's why meditation's always the gold standard of like mindfulness training is because you have to start to become comfortable with the stillness. That's why long yogic practice practices are great for fortifying the mind. Yeah. Is that you work to create the stillness and it's a practice rather than a one and done check the box i uh i enjoy hearing when people say meditation doesn't work for me Mm -hmm. because meditation isn't supposed to work for anybody meditation doesn't it's not a pill it's i don't know even the most Zen Buddhist <laughs> who sits down to meditate and their mind doesn't start chattering. Mm-hmm. I heard something that there's like 2% of the people that don't hear a voice in their head. 2%. Mm-hmm. Let that sink in. 7 billion people on the planet, 2% of them don't hear a voice. So meditation fails every single, quote unquote, fails every single time you do it mm-hmm. for everybody. It's the practice that is the hard part. It's the practice of sitting there and not getting sucked into the thought. And then like we can dive down the rabbit hole. You're not the thoughts in your head. Mm-hmm. You have fed your inner critic. Most people have fed their inner critic the most. They've, they've leaned on that voice that says, this isn't good enough. This sucks. This is stupid. You're not meant to do this. See, I told you. Mm-hmm. You're not that voice. Well, and the fun thing with that is like you tell yourself you feed it 
and even from a biochemical perspective, you're creating a, a, a dopamine addiction to tearing yourself down. Tearing yourself apart. Yeah. And I will be the first to admit that getting everything I ever wanted is terrifying. And so it's recreating the connection with getting everything you ever wanted. And it's not something that I believe that it was for other people. I just truly didn't know that I could, I could have that. And is that more from a a space of not having the willingness or time or clarity to dream of what everything you ever wanted even was? No, because I, I am a dreamer. It, it's the truly like, it has to be hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has to be a struggle. So Life the beliefs is around the path yeah. to rather than what it actually is. Is, yeah. If I, you know, I talk to many people with this, of, like, I don't even know what I want. Nope, I know what I want. And then yeah. I get so focused on it that I make it hard. Yeah. I can't, like, the concept of a North Star to me is, is, is a newer concept. Mm-hmm. So like it's just out there leading the way like uh i wanted to koala bear my north star and then beat the shit out of myself for not being there yet mm-hmm. <laughs> so if i could just beat myself up for not achieving my goals that was somehow better than achieving my goals yeah 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 now i definitely uh i enjoy casting the vision of what i want i didn't know how to cast the vision and let go that's a whole new concept for me. And yeah. I would I would argue that the the letting go aspect again we're talking about the the meditation piece yeah. of it the the letting go of anything is one of the most difficult things that we can practice and work on. Yeah, it at least like the initial initial practice getting into it. And from my experience that has been 100% driven from safety. Mhm. And understanding that concept of every human's innate nature is to feel safe and so that's the whole reason we hold on to these beliefs right because we know them and they're familiar and they're safe Mm -hmm. and if we let go of them into the unknown Mm -hmm. (laughs) we have to be able to uh we have to be willing to walk that path of you know who am i going to become what if i get the thing like what if i am that person like Oh, there's the idea that you can set the goal and then like go be the person that gets the goal. You have to actually like be the person. Mm-hmm. And that to me was unknown. Um, and so it felt unsafe. Mm-hmm. And so one of the practices that I do more times throughout the day than I, I think I breathe um, is reminding myself I'm safe reminding myself that like I can handle whatever comes up I'm safe I'm safe to be here safe to experience this safe to feel my feelings that is a consistent reminder for me Mm I I am a person that shoves things I didn't even realize I did this I shove them so far down that I can't even see them Mm -hmm. I'm not consciously stuffing my feelings it was an unconscious thing to not feeling safe to express my feelings when I was a kid right because I, I am also a person of big emotions. Jeremy's over there nodding like, yes, you are. <laughs> I am a big emotion person. And 
when you when you're little and you have big emotions and you have no idea what to do with them your parents are tired <laughs> they can't always hold space for your big emotions <laughs> and so unconsciously i would shove those down to my feet um i believe i was like it was like a year ago i realized that you could stand without squeezing your butt i had no idea you could stand as a human and relax your butt everybody thinks that my big butt is genetic no it's because i squeeze it 99 percent clenching it's where i hold everything it's like no this is where we just hold whereas on whereas you're in the the rare cases of where your glute max is actually a glute max and not a couch cushion it is yeah. it is just <laughs> whereas like... most people are like they don't know how to even do that yeah no we're real we're real good friends <laughs> <laughs> and i didn't know i remember the day i was standing in the kitchen and it was like I think we were on a call or something and I like, just relaxed your booty. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> and I stood there and I, the look on my face had to be like pure joy and curiosity. I was like, what does that mean? What does that mean? I have been in fitness since I was like birth. And I could, that was such a new concept for me. Uh, very similar for people that hold it in their traps and shoulders. Do you know you could sit at a table without your shoulders connected to your ears? Um, or feeling and, like you're rounded up into a ball. Yeah. Yeah, um, just had a conversation about a client that today, about that today is like a lot of the activities that she's interested in are rounding. Mm -hmm. So you get smaller. And so- Folding inwards, collapsing inwards. Like- I don't have to be seen. There's those pieces of it. And then you pair that with victim mentalities and conflict yeah. language. Yeah. And you're in, a, you're in a spiral going down so fast that you don't even know what's going on. And you're like, well, there's, I'm doing the stuff. Yeah. Are, are you? Maybe, maybe <laughs> we just tweak this a little bit. We, we change this perspective a little bit. We try to open things up more. We spend more time doing those types of activities and change the language and see what happens. Yeah. And so you, in doing that, uh, so being a person that was very closed um, and in opening, it's, I call it a baby seed and you can't take a baby seed into a hurricane. And so being able to find places where you can practice being seen mm -hmm. where you can practice being heard, um, and opening your shoulders and standing in front of whatever that might be for you. Um, and playing with the idea of, I'm going to take this confident, open, uh, person that I truly feel like I am and I'm going to I'm going to embrace this identity and maybe you go somewhere where nobody knows who you are mm -hmm. and you can practice being that person right yeah well like it's it's interesting like I love how you said that because when I went for my vacation this year it was I, I told myself I had many paths that I could take mm -hmm. um so for those of you who don't know went to Europe went to Berlin Berlin has a reputation of being a bit of a party city mm -hmm. in some ways it's also a very touristy place it's it's government center business that it's all these things yeah and so i was like well i have i have a choice of who do i want to be or what do i want to do while i'm there and being able to allow myself to step into a practice of an identity of a person who does certain things with their life It wasn't all that 
dissimilar to what I was already doing, yeah. which was great. Yeah. But it was it was a great reinforcement to to be able to say I'm going to step into a lifestyle, step into an identity of a person who wakes up and has a yoga practice, wakes up and goes to a different gym, wakes up and goes and sits in a park and writes. Somebody who gets up and just goes for a walk for an hour before they eat something. Mm-hmm. Like being able to explore these types of spaces with, without any risk. Yeah. And that helps to reinforce things. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you said something and I lost it, but it was about um, being willing to be that person. Mm-hmm. Right. And everyone has the choice to be that person. And what we've noticed and what we're noticing is the hardest choice is like you've chosen to be that person. Right. Like you've chosen to be the person that wakes up, does the yoga, burns the incense, uh, has your little hippie starter kit. Right. Like now sharing the fact that you're that person. Mm-hmm. Like for me, the the culmination of all of it was. Um, leaving was very difficult for many reasons for me because uh, it's always felt like home and it was a a process getting back there after 18 years and so being willing to be open and vulnerable on a train to an airport well I'm sitting there with my baggage and a mask on and I'm writing away furiously and wiping away tears Mm -hmm. and not caring that anybody sees me having an emotional moment yeah and I was like, that was, that's huge. That was more, more indicative of growth for me than anything else that's come before that. I love that. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you, if you find yourself in the self-help section at Barnes and Noble, know <laughs> <laughs> that that's the environment that we're working to create. Mm-hmm. That's the environment where we want people to be able to ask the things they've never asked before. We want to give you the tools that if you're not there to ask, to write about the things you've never said out loud. Because there is nothing greater than being able to say that out loud to a person or persons who can hold space. And now I wanted to address the, the, the thing that somebody is thinking is you're not a therapist mm-hmm. and you are correct. We are also not uh, orthopedics and we help people with joint pain every single day. We are also not uh, nutritionists or we, dietitians. And we can help people change their diet every single day. Mm-hmm. We are also very well aware that we cannot help somebody directly with a medical condition in mm-hmm. any of those realms, whether it's fitness, nutrition, mindset, or recovery. Or at least not without the guidance of a medical professional. And that's where I was going is that we have a network mm-hmm. of people that, I don't know what just happened, but, oh, I do know what just happened. <laughs> I have a Piece ghost. Film. <laughs> we have a network of people mm-hmm. that uh, 100% kind of get you some help. Yeah, we're not we, we're not clinicians. We're we're and also because we're not clinicians, we're not diagnosing, we're not therapizing, we're not nope. doing these things. 
And there's also that space in between that is useful. And there are hundreds of thousands of people that don't need clinical help Mm -hmm. that need a space to tell their story. Yep. Somebody just to talk to. The amount of times as a person who's been working in this now full time for over two years and even before then, like the amount of times where people just need somebody to listen and whether that's happening in a one-on-one meeting with a uh, coworker or one of your subordinates, um, you know, there's a reason why people love to go out for a happy hour with their favorite work buddy and just sit and gripe. Yeah. Because they, they're looking for somebody to just listen to them and hear what they have to say. Whether it's productive or not, that's that's all the things. And that's getting into personal training one-on-one and coaching one-on-one. That's where we get to have those conversations and be productive with them. Where I can ask questions about the thing if the person's open to it. Absolutely. And, and that's the part that's different is if you've been in the fitness space and you've ever been in a gym and left the gym and said, oh, I'm sorry, you're not my therapist. That is something I have heard consistently for 12 years. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, you're not my therapist. You don't even have a therapist, so I'm I'm here to listen, right? And now we can take that and put some intentionality behind that. Now we can have a system. We can have a process to help you, give you tools in your tool belt um, to really make an impact on that story instead of what used to happen to me is I would have a Rolodex of people and in that Rolodex, I would call the person that would give me the reaction that I was looking for. Reinforce your confirmation bias. Absolutely. If I wanted shock and awe and like, I can't believe they did this, I would call this friend. If I wanted the hard truth, I would maybe call that friend. If I wanted just the like, oh, I know they're just going to say, uh-huh, a couple times, I would call this friend. And so getting out of that friend Rolodex and into like, oh, I can support me mm-hmm. is huge and also makes you a way better friend in <laughs> wow. a different friend, right? Because people that come to share their stories, I'm not the shock and awe friend. I, I've tried to be and it doesn't, it doesn't end well. I'm like, well, you can fix this. <laughs> <laughs> I can't be the like, oh my God, she said that. Been there, folks. <laughs> Coming into this thing, uh, can remember specific instances where I'm waiting for for that for that, and then I get a I get a direct challenge. Like, <laughs> God damn it! I didn't want to. That's not what I was looking for right now. I was looking I was looking for a little bit of like, oh yeah, I can't believe that. Oh man, that 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 really that's really terrible. And instead, it's a flick on the nose and go, ah oh, crap. <laughs> And so it's uh, the coolest thing that has has transpired through doing this work is uh, for me, it's knowing who I am. It's understanding that I have the power to create every single thing in my life. And I will tell you that if my five year ago self could hear me right now, she'd be like, sure you can. That's cute. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That is not real life. That is for other people that don't work. Mm -hmm. Or who have X, Y, and Z. 
they've got generational wealth that they've inherited, won the lottery, whatever. What a fantastical idea you have about people who achieve things. Yeah. And um, just to give people some context, uh, I would say on average, and this isn't a brag, this is just to give context, we work over 40 hours a week. Mm-hmm. It's This isn't something we've done without having our time go in different directions. Do I love what I do? Yes. Did I do that intentionally? Yes. Has that always been the case? No. No. And so if you're out there in corporate land and you're like, oh yeah, that's great. You guys just love what you do and you work at a gym and you don't really do anything all day. Cool. 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 Love that thought. And and it can still be done in a place where it can help open your eyes to the opportunities that you have outside of that job, mm-hmm. outside of that chosen career, to know that you have a choice. And there have been many times in my life where I have felt like I didn't have the choice and I've consistently had the ping that there's something more. This can't be it. This can't be what, I, what I'm here for. And so that is what led to this journey. And it, uh, like, I applaud the people that have figured that out at like, there's been people in my class that are 25, they're in their early thirties. Mm-hmm. It's taken me 42 years to truly figure that out. And I'm pretty pumped because there's another 42 years. All things considered. I plan mm-hmm. on living to hundred. We'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Steroids at 70 still though. I just think it'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have robot legs and stuff yeah, by then. It'll so. be great. Um, so like time, it, there's a lady in my class in her 70s mm-hmm. that was starting this journey. And I thought that was the coolest thing in the whole world. Because the the time that that she was little was so vastly different. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it was a female and like learning that, you know, it was definitely the kids are to be seen, not heard time. And to now find her voice at 70 so amazing to witness and so if you're out there and you're like yeah that's great you're in your 20s i'm not um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm not that either yeah no yeah. i'm not and like there's the peace and aspect of this of of there's that um idea around it where people can have that and it's also even though we're in an age of a lot of sharing via social media and things like that, being able to find spaces and people that you can share this with, share this journey with on like an, a truly authentic level. Yeah. Um, that's going to do more in reinforcing what you're doing than if you truly try to soldier it alone. Yeah. So you you refer to this of talking about you and your wife going through this, not at the same time, but yeah, together with together. Separate. Yeah. Yep. What would have that have looked like had you been the only one doing it and continuing on those ten months after that? So this is um, explicit language coming. Uh, I came home and I said, I need to do this. And I would love for you to do this with me because at the time um, I had 
I had surrounded myself with people who had done this program and they were all uh, divorced. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, you are my person and I don't want to lose that. So I would love to do this together. And her without blinking or breathing response was, fuck no, but I love that for you. And I was like, okay. And in that moment, I had a choice. I had a choice to say like, well, that seems too scary. I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. Or here we go. And I chose here we go. Because I, um, amazing basketball coach in high school, she taught me all about being my own common denominator. And no matter how much I want to run away, those problems seem to be following me. So I knew that. And the idea of being able to change um, for my relationship was night and day. The thing I also know about myself is I am a coach. And I can't tell you how many times Ashley looked at me and said, I don't need a coach right now. Mm-hmm. And I knew that was going to be the biggest hurdle. I was like, I want to share all of the things that I've learned. Yep. I want to shout this from the rooftops, right? And so I don't, I can't say what the outcome would be. I can say it would be challenging to not have that same language, to not have that support, to not be able to uh, have somebody that um, I feel comfortable enough. And this is one of our, our foundations of our relationship is same team and communication. And to know what it's like to communicate at such a deeper level and not be able to do that at home would be very challenging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From like a staying on the path situation. Yeah. How likely would have it been for you to graduate after those additional 10 months? And this is something that, uh, this has been, uh, how likely it would have been, let me stay on that. Um, the graduation would have happened. There would have been a, 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 I've watched other couples. It it would have happened. And, um, I would have had to deepen my ability to really hold space and really Mm -hmm. communicate. And I am thankful that everyone on my staff has also chosen to do this work in some form or another. So everyone on our staff has graduated one of the two programs. And that allows us the opportunity to have real conversations, to have real open communication in our in our workspace. Without that, that would have been the hardest hurdle for me to because once you see you can't unsee and so when you see somebody consistently using conflict language it is like blaring red lights in your face you can't unsee it to go to work in that environment would be challenging Mm -hmm. and to also be the one that's like okay get on board because we're doing this to have the space to uh change my internal world and help others change their internal world at that same moment would have been too much. Yeah. So I am deeply grateful for you and the rest of the staff that they have chosen to take the first step. Yeah. yeah. Because I, I would be you know, 
thinking for myself too of if I was doing this still working in a desk corporate job, could it be different? And could I, you know, looking at my past roles, like yeah. I could affect, because it's, you know, people come to coaching because they have a, a specific inherent want and need to share and nurture. Yeah. And it's like, I was always finding myself in those roles anyways. Yeah. Um, could have it been helpful in bringing that to other teams and things? Absolutely. Um, and it could have been very much more difficult because there's so many more extenuating circumstances Yeah. where it's much more difficult to stay on the path or you get through the thing, you check the box and you only went, you know, a millimeter deep versus a deep. foot deep or whatever. Yeah. 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 Because that's the other component of all of this work too is that you play at your own level. 100%. I tell this to people when they start with me, when we do any mindset work, we start working in the stories. We're going to go as deep as you're comfortable. We're going to challenge some things, maybe try to push a little deeper. If you want to stay in the shallows, splash around, have fun, we can be there. And yeah. We can hang out there for a time. If you're willing to dive down to the Marianas Trench, like we'll Either go down way. there. Yeah. I'm, I'm here to help hold you and breathe and allow you to explore that in the safest way possible. And you're in the driver's seat. Yeah. I'm just hanging out with you. 100% you're in the driver's seat. And what's really cool is you have the ability to touch something that feels scary and, and be like, that's it. We It's there. Feel that. It, yep. Got it. Mm -hmm. You know? And... Uh, Something I want to touch on, because I think this is really important, is the first step is awareness, right? Like, first you have to start, get that ping that there's something more, or maybe you've uh, jumped into the self-help books, and you've started reading them, and you have the awareness. What is this smirk? It's like, or sometimes you have somebody that tells you something that you don't want to hear. <laughs> maybe. And, <laughs> and then you go. That's a possibility. <laughs> I didn't realize I did that. I didn't want to hear that right now. That's not that's not what I was looking for. And I also feel that on a deep level. Great. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that to the surface. <laughs> uh, so awareness is the first step. Um, and a lot of people stop at awareness. And that's great. And that's what a self-help book is going to get you, mm -hmm. is awareness. Awareness that this other reality exists. The second step is acceptance. You have to be willing to accept that, yep, yep, I do that. Yep, that's a part of me. Yes, that's on my journey. And accept the reality that you're in right now. And that is where I got stuck. When I set my North Star, I wasn't willing to accept that this is my current reality because I wanted that reality and I could live there. That reality I can live in. Coming back to this reality, I got stuck. So accepting your world as it is in this moment. Is it ideal? Maybe, maybe not. Um, accepting it. The third stage is, is doing the work. Visiting that story, visiting that inner kid, knowing that you have one, pulling the weed. The second step, or the, I'm sorry, the fourth step after pulling the weed is replacement, right? And this is where uh, affirmations, uh, all of those things can be really helpful. The, the fifth and final step is integration. You have to take action to get that seed to grow. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be flip your life upside down. 
it's I'm going to wake up and I'm going to take five deep breaths before my feet hit the floor. That is what action can look like. Action can look like I'm going to write down these three affirmations every day before I go to work. I'm going to look at myself in the mirror and pick out five things that I love about myself so that I can stop looking in the outside world for acceptance. Mm -hmm. Those are what action can look like. I, I tell Ashley all the time, you can't take a baby seat into a hurricane. That's where you start, is you start in this little cocoon of baby steps. And you're gonna wake up one day and you're gonna be like, holy shit, I'm an oak tree. Mm -hmm. And we're in the hurricane. And but this is rad. That's the same thing for anybody on a fitness journey too. Like, Absolutely. You just start doing things and you follow a plan and you go, well, I deadlifted 100 pounds six months ago. And holy crap, I deadlifted 500 pounds. Yeah. You know, whatever the trajectory is for you. It's that when we remove ourselves from the expected result, like have goals, have dreams, have those aspirations. And when we can remove ourselves, remove our attachment to that end result. Stop koala bear and that stuff. Everybody yeah. has spoken from <laughs> koala bear. <laughs> That's when and we, we get to truly start to enjoy the process and enjoy the journey. And that's uh, like, it seems like so trivial and trite to say, but it's really, it's really where all the things happen. And if you want to go on the deep dive of, of the the biological neurochemical sides of things, we have actual scientific data to, to show that, that when you're the type of person who feels like they've been struggling to stay motivated, if you feel like you've been struggling to um, stay off of your phone because the doom scroll is a, is a real thing, it's constant dopamine hits, that you can you can kind of do some damage to yourself of being able to be comfortable in the journey and being com comfortable and being uncomfortable in that process. Mm -hmm. Because that's actually where we get the best rewards for our reward system in our brain. And so challenging yourself and telling yourself it's okay that I can be here. Yeah. And it's okay that I'm not there yet. Yeah. Just because I'm not there right now doesn't mean I'll never get there. Yeah all the negations and binary language acknowledged in that statement. 100%. If I'm still on the path, it means I can get there someday. I can get there. I can get there. Yeah. And uh, as a person that was not so comfortable with joy, it's a really amazing emotion, everybody. And you can, not to be the like, Oh, everything's so positive and wonderful. No, no, no. There's there's stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and being able to come back to that has been one of the coolest things that's ever happened in my life. This was really fun to shoot with you. Yeah. I really yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh thanks everybody for listening to us and yeah. being curious and open to hearing what we have to say about these things. Um, having conversations like this, even though we didn't talk about it fully as the direct thing, having these conversations and having these stories out in the open is the best way, in my opinion, to normalize this development work. Yep. Yeah. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. As always, like, subscribe, review, all the things on whichever podcast platform you're listening to us on. 
And please share this message. Please share this podcast with whomever would get the best out of it. I would say every, there's a nugget of information or truth for everybody out there in your network. So please share away. It helps us get in front of as many people as possible and help them heal themselves. Until next time, I'm Coach Jeremy. I'm Coach Mo. Have an awesome rest of your day.